that the most acceptable service we render to him is in doing good to his other children. That the soul of man is immortal and will be treated with justice in another life respecting its conduct in this. These I take to be the fundamental points of all sound religion, and I regard them as you do in whatever sect I meet with. As to Jesus of Nazareth, my opinion of whom you particularly desire, I think the system of morals and his religion as he left them to us is the best world ever saw or is likely to see. Now that's profound, isn't it? Our first president, George Washington, said this, while we are zealously performing the duties of good citizens and soldiers, we certainly ought not to be inattentive to the higher duties of our religion. To the distinguished character of patriot, it should be our highest glory to add the more distinguished character of Christian. Thomas Jefferson, and who was Thomas Jefferson? That's correct. Author, he was one of our presidents. Which one? Third. Thomas Jefferson, drafter and signer of the Declaration of Independence, said this, God who gave us liberty, and can the liberties of a nation be thought secure when we have removed their only firm basis, a conviction in the minds of the people that these liberties are a gift of God, that they are not to be violated with his wrath. Indeed, I tremble for my country when I reflect that God is just and that his justice cannot sleep forever. That will make you tremble today. He further said, I am a real Christian, that is to say, a disciple of the doctrines of Jesus Christ. John Quincy Adams. Who's John Quincy Adams? John Adams' son. John Adams was our second president. And John Quincy was the sixth. Kenneth, somebody give Kenneth a star. <laughs> <laughs> he got I love this. John Quincy Adams said, the hope of a Christian is inseparable from his faith. Whoever believes in the divine inspiration of the Holy Scriptures must hope that the religion of Jesus shall prevail throughout the earth. Never, and is not what we hope, that Jesus, the teachings of Jesus, would prevail throughout the earth. Never since the foundation of the world have the prospects of mankind been more encouraging 
to that hope than they appear to be at the present time. And they and made the associated distribution of the Bible proceed and prosper till the Lord shall have made bare his holy arm in the eyes of the nation and all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of God. I'll say that again. And made the distribution of the Bible proceed and prosper till the Lord shall have made bare his holy arm in the eyes of all nations and all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. Which was uh, some part of the quote of Isaiah 52.10. William Penn. Anybody know who William Penn was? Yes. Does, so him saying that, does that mean that he was like ordering no. distribution? No, he was, was he was saying that needed to be, gotcha. yes, okay. and that it would prosper mankind gotcha. uh, for the Bible to be distributed. Gotcha. Uh, William Penn was the founder of the state of Pennsylvania. Um, and William Penn once said, I do declare to the world that we believe the scriptures to contain a declaration of the mind and will of God in and to those ages in which they were written, being given forth by the Holy Ghost, moving in the hearts of holy men of God, that they also to be read, believed, and fulfilled in our day being used for reproof and instruction that the man of God may be perfect. They are a declaration and testimony of heavenly things themselves and as such we carry a high respect for them. That kind of reminded me of one of our articles of faith when it said of when the, the article to deal with the Holy Scriptures when William Penn said they ought to be that they were given forth by the Holy Ghost and they ought to be read, believed, and fulfilled in our day. Roger Sherman is somebody that um, is not a name that's rec uh, immediately recognizable, but Roger Sherman was also one of the signers of the Declaration of Independence and the United States Constitution. Sherman said, I believe that there is only, that there is one only living and true God existing in three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, the same in substance, equal in power and glory, that the scriptures of the Old and New Testament are a revelation from God and a complete truth a complete true rule to correct us how we may glorify and enjoy Him. That God has foreordained whatsoever comes to pass so as thereby He is not the author or approver of sin. <coughs> that He creates all things and preserves and governs all creatures and all their actions in a manner perfectly consistent with the freedom of will and moral agents 
and the usefulness of man. That he made man at first perfectly holy. That the first man's sin, and his, he was the public head of his prosperity, they all became sinners in consequence of his first transgression. Are wholly indisposed to that which is good and inclined to evil, and on account of sin are liable to all the miseries of this life to death and to the pains of hell forever. Benjamin Rush, a signer of the Declaration of Independence and also a ratifier of the United States Constitution. The Gospel of Jesus Christ prescribes the wisest rules for just conduct in every situation of life. Happy they who are enabled to obey them in all situations. Can we agree with that? Can, would you agree that the happiest time of your life is those times in life you can look back on and see that you are the closest to God? <coughs> If moral precepts alone could have reformed mankind, the mission of the Son of God into all the world would have been unnecessary. The perfect morality of the gospel rests upon the doctrine which, though often controverted, has never been refuted. I mean the vicarious life and death of the Son of God. Alexander Hamilton one of our famous American statesmen said, I have carefully examined the evidences of the Christian religion, and if I was sitting as a juror upon its authenticity, I would unhesitatingly give my verdict in its favor. Patrick Kennan, who's Patrick Kennan? It cannot be emphasized too, too strongly or too often that this great nation was founded not by religionists, but by Christians. Not on religions, but on the gospel of Jesus Christ. For this very reason, people of other faiths have been afforded asylum, prosperity, and freedom of worship here. And I can go on, but I'll do just one more. John Jay. Who is John Jay? John Jay was the first Chief Justice of the United States Supreme Court and President of the American Bible Society. Can you imagine that? That our Chief Justice of the Supreme Court might be the President of the American Bible Society. By conveying the Bible to people thus circumstanced, we certainly do them a most interesting kindness. We thereby enable them to learn that man has, was, originally created and placed in a state of happiness, but becoming disobedient, was subjected to the degradation and evil which he and his posterity have since experienced. The Bible will also inform them that our gracious Creator has provided for us a Redeemer. 
in whom all the nations of the earth shall be blessed, that this Redeemer has made atonement for the sins of the whole world, and thereby reconciling the divine justice and the divine mercy has opened a way for our redemption and salvation, and that these inestimable benefits are of the free gift and grace of God, not of our deserving, nor in our power to deserve. John Jay. I've had the opportunity to go to Washington, D.C. a number of times, and one of the more memorable things that I will ever remember seeing is in our National Archives, and many of you may have been there. We have preserved in the National Archives the original Declaration of Independence with all the original signatures. It's in a long case that you can look at with a glass over it, but you can't touch it. You can't take it in flash photography. And so at the National Archives, you can go into a room to view it. But at night, or in the event of a national emergency, it lowers several stories down into the ground so that nothing can ever happen to it. And it's only in the mornings that they prepare for the public to view that it raises back up out of the ground and becomes visible. And I'm going to ask uh, Mitchell and ask each of you to play this and for each of you to, all of us, to be very attentive and then we'll take any comments that you might have. Um, this is the Declaration of Independence. It's read by one of our former presidents. When in the course of human events it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another, and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them, a decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed, that whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it, and to institute new government, laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. Prudence indeed will dictate that governments long established should not be changed for light and transient causes, and accordingly all experience hath shown that mankind are more disposed to suffer while evils are sufferable, than to right themselves by abolishing the forms to which they are accustomed. But when a long train of abuses and usurpations, pursuing invariably the same object, evinces a design to reduce them under absolute despotism, it is their right, it is their duty, to throw off such government 
and to provide new gods for their future security. Such has been the patient sufferance of these colonies, and such is now the necessity which constrains them to alter their former systems of government. The history of the present King of Great Britain is a history of repeated injuries and usurpations, all having indirect object, the establishment of an absolute tyranny over these states. To prove this, let facts be submitted to a candid world. He has refused his assent to laws, the most wholesome and necessary for the public good. He has forbidden his governors to pass laws of immediate and pressing importance. Unless suspended in their operation, till his assent should be obtained. And when so suspended, he has utterly neglected to attend to them. He has refused to pass other laws for the accommodation of large districts of people, unless those people would relinquish their right of representation in the legislature, a right inestimable to them and formidable to tyrants only. He has called together legislative bodies at places unusual, uncomfortable, and distant from the depository of their public records for the sole purpose of fatiguing them into compliance with his measures. He has dissolved representative houses repeatedly for opposing with manly firmness his invasions on the rights of the people. He has refused for a long time after such dissolutions to cause others to be elected, whereby the legislative power, incapable of annihilation, have returned to the people at large for their exercise, the state remaining in the meantime exposed to all the dangers of invasion from without and convulsions within. He has endeavored to prevent the population of these states for that purpose obstructing the laws for naturalization of foreigners refusing to pass others to encourage their migrations hither, and raising the conditions of new appropriations of land. He has obstructed the administration of justice by refusing his assent to laws for establishing judiciary powers. He has made judges dependent on his will alone for the tenure of their offices and the amounts and payment of their salaries he has erected a multitude of new offices and sent hither swarms of offices to harass our people and eat out their substance. He has kept among us in times of peace standing armies without the consent of our legislatures. He has effected to render the military independent of and superior to the civil power. He has combined with others to subject us to a jurisdiction foreign to our Constitution and unacknowledged by our laws, giving his assent to their acts of pretended legislation for quartering large bodies of armed troops among us, for protecting them by a mock trial from punishment for any murders which they should commit on the inhabitants of these states, for cutting off our trade with all parts of the world, for imposing taxes on us without our consent, for depriving us in many cases of the benefits of trial by jury, 
for transporting us beyond seas to be tried for pretended offenses, for abolishing the free system of English laws in a neighboring province, establishing therein an arbitrary government, and enlarging its boundaries so as to render it at once an example and fit instrument for introducing the same absolute rule into these colonies, for taking away our charters, abolishing our most valuable laws, and altering fundamentally the forms of our government, for suspending our own legislatures and declaring themselves invested with power to legislate for us in all cases whatsoever. He has abdicated government here by declaring us out of his protection and waging war against us. He has plundered our seas, ravaged our coasts, burned our towns, and destroyed the lives of our people. He is at this time transporting large armies of foreign mercenaries to complete the work of death, desolation, and tyranny already begun with circumstances of cruelty and perfidy, scarcely paralleled in the most barbarous ages, and totally unworthy the head of a civilized nation. He has constrained our fellow citizens, taken captive on the high seas, to bear arms against their country, to become the executioners of their friends and brethren, or to fall themselves by their hands. He has excited domestic insurrections among us, and has endeavored to bring on the inhabitants of our frontiers the merciless Indian savages, whose known rule of warfare is an indistinguished destruction of all ages, sexes, and conditions. In every stage of these oppressions, we have petitioned for redress in the most humble terms. Our repeated petitions have been answered only by repeated injury. A prince whose character is thus marked by every act which may define a tyrant is unfit to be the ruler of a free people. Nor have we been wanting in attentions to our British brethren. We have warned them from time to time of attempts by their legislature to extend an unwarrantable jurisdiction over us. We have reminded them of the circumstances of our immigration and settlement here. We have appealed to their native justice and magnanimity, and we have conjured them by the ties of our common kindred to disavow these usurpations, which would inevitably interrupt our connections and correspondence. They too have been deaf to the voice of justice and of consanguinity. We must therefore acquiesce in the necessity which denounces our separation and hold them as we hold the rest of mankind, enemies in war, in peace, friends. We, therefore, the representatives of the United States of America, in general Congress assembled, appealing to the supreme judge of the world for the rectitude of our intentions, do in the name and by authority of the good people of these colonies solemnly publish and declare that these united colonies are, and of a right ought to be, free and independent states, that they are absolved from all allegiance to the British crown, and that all political connection between them and the state of Great Britain 
is and ought to be totally dissolved and that as free and independent states they have full power to levy war, conclude peace, contract alliances, establish commerce, and to do all other acts and things which independent states may of right do. And for the support of this declaration, with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. Recognize that voice? John F. Kennedy. John F. Kennedy. And I, I was just a very, very small boy when he was assassinated, although I do remember it. Someone remember one of the most famous quotes that John F. Kennedy ever gave to us? Say it loud. It is not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. Yeah. In the Declaration, is referenced the laws of nature and of nature's God. It holds truths to be self-evident that we're created equal, we're endowed by our Creator of certain rights. In conclusion, in the reading, you'll notice that the supreme judge of the world is referenced. And uh, as it further concludes um, we have a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence so as we celebrate this weekend I would encourage us all to be very very thankful even with all the problems that we have that we live here in the United States of America. And may it be our goal that we will always do what we can and as God would lead us to make it better. Amen. Brother Steve, I, I just wanted to share those things and encourage you to go back and try to do your own research on what some of our founding fathers said and read some of their writings and um, you will come away with no doubt whatsoever that uh, the reliance upon God was important in the founding of our nation. And so let's celebrate that. Uh, someone else might like to share something. I don't have any idea what time it is or if the buzzer needs to be wrong or anything. Chris, uh, one thing that, that I, I found that I have learned in recent years is is in the uh, one of the first drafts Thomas, of that, uh, Thomas Jefferson had put life, liberty, and property. And Thomas Jefferson, even though he owned slaves, and was an abolitionist, and he he was at that time the the laws of, of the land were written by the king. And there was there was very specific laws governing slaves, and you really could not free your slaves just by saying, "Hey, you know, I'll let you go." And there was a lot of laws by that, and but he uh, he changed it.
because he he feared that some people would would make the life, liberty, and property the property to to be slaves, and he he wanted to get out from under the rule of of the king, and and he did want to see the the freedom of slaves. Um, personally, um, I. I I heard it said that no one can own a child of the king. A child of God cannot be owned by another person. And um, that that was probably the, the blackest eye, eye that we have as a nation. But it is said of our founding fathers that they were all for slavery and even um, the the slaves that George Washington had, uh, he did not have coming into his marriage. Um, his wife owned him. Uh, and due to the, the regulations and the laws of the time, he could not free them um, just by um, letting them free. Plus, anyone that had concerns for them as, as individuals um, it, it was a hard time for freed slaves, and um, or, and so a lot of the, the a lot of those guys that, that signed the Declaration of Independence were wealthy men when they signed it, but they died not so wealthy. But they gave all they had for this idea. Of a, of a nation Amen. that was built on the principles of our Lord and Christ. Amen. And um, that, you know, we we found that it it was such a, you know, there there's so many times in our, our government that the number three shows up. Um, you know, um, the, the branches of, of government, there's three. Um, and I feel like that we would not have won the, the, the War of Independence had it not been for our Commander-in-Chief as committing a, a covenant with the good Lord that this country would be ruled as a Christian country. Uh, did that mean that Muslims were not welcome here? No, that did not. They, they are free to, to worship the way they want to be, but we're, we're founded on Christian principles. And um, I think the, the founding fathers, could they have gotten rid of slavery immediately? Would have. But they could not keep the 13 colonies all together and, and signing if if that had been one of their principles. Um, some 150 years later, it, it, it there was a war fall. And, you know, now, even so much time later, there, there's, you know, it's not clear what uh, some of the things, but, but some of the history that's being purported now 
is just false. It's just made up. Um, and um, and even the writers of it uh, um, admit it, they made it up. But the uh, the news media and um, some of our people that uh, that just don't believe in this country um, would purport that it that it's true, and uh, it it's not. So. Don't fall for the lies of the devil that, uh, you know, and, and this is a, a country of men living in a fallen universe, and uh, so we make mistakes. But it, it is, we're, um, we're encouraged to endeavor to persevere and to live by the... Uh, principles of Jesus Christ That's right. and uh, we fail daily but we endeavor to follow those principles um, is our is our country perfect no because we're governed by men and and women that are not perfect but our, our strive should be to be perfect Thank you, Brother. We sure miss Brother Michael today. Would you pray for him? But um, in his absence, I hope what we've done today will make your uh, Independence Weekend more meaningful and centered on the messages that we need to uh, uh, to remember, and that is uh, that we were founded uh, by divine providence, and that we need to be thankful. Amen. Amen.